The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Hoop Ball Hawks, the show here on the Hoop Ball Network that is taking flight. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm recording this on Friday, June 25th, right after the game two beatdown the Hawks received. Yeah, it was bad. Painful to watch. Disappointing. Caused maybe some anger. Maybe some tears. Whoever you, however you felt watching this game, you have every right to feel it. I have a lot to say about this game, but you'll be surprised at what I will say on this episode. I'll be a little bit optimistic, you know. I like to be a positive person. If you are new to the show, welcome to the show. And I'm going to break down the game and then talk about what to look forward in game three on Sunday night. We'll get into all of that. After this plug for my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%. Just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some in the words of future like i said earlier free band free band all right and we are back all right let's get this out the way yeah that was embarrassing yes they played terribly yes that was probably the worst performance of the season and the list can go on and on lots of disappointed and angry hawks fans tonight you have every right to be from the jump the energy, the effort put forth wasn't even close. Didn't even sniff what the Milwaukee Bucks were putting out. 
That second quarter run by the Bucks when they scored 20 straight points in a row, which led them to go up by 32 at the half. Yeah, that was the early knockout punch. And that took pretty much the Hawks out of it tonight as they lost 125-91. to Yeah, the Hawks shot themselves in the foot the entire night. 20 turnovers to 13 assists. 20 turnovers to 13 assists. Terrible. Just terrible in the words of Charles Barkley. And out of those 20 turnovers, nine of them belonged to Trey Young. Milwaukee played really good defense on Trey Young tonight. They shadowed him, made him uncomfortable all night, forced the ball out of his hands, denied him the ball, and he forced way too many passes, kind of reverting back to the Trey Young last year and earlier this season. And he and the Hawks were never, ever comfortable the entire night. The Hawks' three-point shooting percentage was, again, 25% tonight, but this time in a losing effort, which I said last episode, the Hawks must shoot well behind the three-point line. And they did not. And tonight, the Milwaukee Bucks shot better from the three-point line. So, coincidentally, they won the game handily. After out-rebounding the Bucks in game one, the Hawks were out-rebounded tonight by 13 rebounds in total. And on the offensive glass, they were out-rebounded by nine rebounds on the offensive glass. So, all that boxing out that they did in game one, that energy and that effort competing for loose balls, yeah. It flipped over to the other team tonight, and Milwaukee won that stat. Again, won the game. The Hawks allowed 27 fast break points. Just imagine if you cut that down. The margin you know, for the game looks a little bit more respectable when you take away, let's say, 20 of those. <laughs> but, I mean, you can't. I said this last episode. You can't allow this team to get in transition, which means we have to take care of the ball. We can't make mistakes. And we made a lot of mistakes, which led to 27 easy Fast break opportunities for the Milwaukee Bucks. Something that we cannot have going forward. The Hawks were outscored in the paint. Couldn't stop anybody from coming into the paint and doing whatever they wanted tonight. They were outscored 62-30 to 30 in the paint tonight. Giannis, Lopez, Portis. It didn't matter. Everybody was getting in the paint. It was like Monopoly. You know, pass... Pass goal, collect $200. Everybody was getting paid and fed for the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. And just embarrassing. I mean, we knew, you know, they needed to, you know, you know, create the wall to stop Giannis. They needed to protect the paint. And they did not protect the paint in game one that well, but they won. They shot a little bit better from the field. They didn't have as many turnovers. They executed better. They played with more energy, effort. Hustle, heart, grit, whatever you want to call it. Tonight, they just did not have it. And in turn, offensively, they shot 41.5% from the floor compared to 52% for the Milwaukee Bucks. So you don't shoot well, you don't defend well, you don't rebound, you allow fast break points, you turn the ball over, you shoot poorly from the three-point line. Yeah, you're going to lose. And it was just a bad night, bad night in which the Bucks. Statistically dominated 
the Atlanta Hawks. But I think it was more so the Hawks were just very bad tonight than the Bucks were just really good. And I'm going to talk about their stats as far as the Milwaukee Bucks a little bit later in the program. But you knew Milwaukee was going to come out swinging. You just knew they were. They lost game one at home to the Hawks. Everybody, and rightfully so, saying the Hawks should uh, should not win this game, win this series. Uh, and they won game one. They stole one up in Milwaukee. People saying Bucks and five, Bucks and six. I get it. You have Giannis. You got Middleton. You have Holiday. This is why they were aggressive in the offseason. And especially, you know, the front office. This is why Coach Bud is, you know, coaching for his coaching life at this point. Because if they don't make the finals, he might not be the head coach much longer. I mean, he's been to an Eastern Conference Finals before with this Atlanta Hawks team and didn't win a game in the Eastern Conference Finals. So kudos to Coach Bud for winning one. But the Hawks gave you this win tonight because of how they played tonight. Just a bad night. And as I said, you knew they were, you knew they were going to come out swinging. And the Hawks got knocked out early in this game. No one on the Hawks scored more than 15 points. No one. Trey Young had 15 himself. He was the leading scorer for the Atlanta Hawks. Only had three assists. 15 points, three assists. A stark contrast from his career performance in game one. He shot 6 of 16 from the floor, 1 of 8 from the three-point line. He didn't shoot great from the three-point line in the game before. But... He created for others. He got into the paint. He got to the free throw line. And tonight, he was just a shell of himself. And that's more credit to the Milwaukee Bucks defense. Yes, he had a lot of turnovers. Yes, he shot himself in the foot. Nine turnovers. I mean, you almost almost had a double-double with turnovers tonight. And Trey Young's, you know Trey Young. If he has a bad game, he's going to respond the next game. And another thing, he only had three free throw attempts tonight. Had 12 the game before, you only have three free throw attempts. So, Trey Young doesn't hit the three ball efficiently. Isn't, you know, getting anybody involved, only three assists. You don't get to the free throw line. The Milwaukee Bucks had a really good game plan on Trey Young, and they executed, unlike the Hawks. Hawks did not execute, the Milwaukee Bucks did. And I expect Trey Young to have a much better game next game, so I'm not really worried about him. Everybody can have a bad game. He had been. Terrific all postseason. His first postseason being in the NBA. Yes, you're going to have a bad game in the postseason. It happens to the to the best of them. And I'm going to allude to this a little bit later. I'd rather him have this bad performance in game two instead of a game five, a game four, you know, a game seven. You'd rather have these performances early in the series. So I expect him to bounce back. Gallinari had 12 points off the bench tonight. Cam Reddish returned to the floor tonight, which was a great, great sight if you're an Atlanta Hawks fan. We've been waiting, waiting for Cam Reddish to come back on the floor. Obviously battling an Achilles injury for months. And he was healthy enough to play tonight. He played 17 minutes tonight. Scored 11 points off the bench. And he was the lone, in my opinion, bright spot on his team. Being able to be on the floor, look healthy. He got up 10 shots. Was he efficient from the floor? No. But he got 10 shots up in a game, in a playoff game, his first game back. And I'm looking forward for him to continue to play this series. And we're going to keep an eye on Cam Reddish, just seeing how he continues to progress offensively, um, continues to press, obviously, physically as well. 
the impact he can make on defense, and just getting comfortable back on the floor with his teammates as the series goes on, especially with Bogey still obviously hobbled. John Collins, after having a great game one, 23 points, 15 rebounds, shell of himself tonight, 11 points, 8 rebounds, had 4 fouls. In oh, by the way, speaking of fouls, the bigs for the Hawks, JC, Capella, Nokongu, only combined for seven fouls tonight, and he was still beat like this. We talked about John Collins being consistent, hoping that he didn't have a great game, bad game, great game, bad game, the pattern that he normally typically has. And I'm not saying it was a bad game from John Collins, but it was not the game that we need from him. He's the X factor for the Atlanta Hawks. We need consistent production from John Collins. 11 points and eight rebounds is not going to cut it. Chris Dunn got some minutes tonight off the bench because, I mean, pretty much everybody was playing for the Hawks as they were getting beat by 30, 40. Everybody was going to get an opportunity to play. Chris Dunn got minutes, scored six points. Lou Will on the flip side, who is a constant off the bench, only has six points. We need more from Lou Will. We need more from Lou Will, point blank period. Kevin Herter, who had been pretty consistent throughout the entire playoffs, I said he needs to have at least 13 points for us. He only had eight tonight. Three of ten from the floor, two of five from the three-point line. You need more from Kevin Herter. But I can't, you know, as much as you're harping on all these players for not having great games, no one had a great game for the Hawks. So pretty much everyone's going to get it at this point. Uh, Bogey only played 18 minutes, scored eight points in 18 minutes. So that was a positive in my opinion. Three of six from the floor, two of four from the three-point line, and had four assists. Not a bad game from Bogey, but clearly not healthy. Clint Capella, only two points tonight, big man. We gotta, you got to have at least eight, nine. I say at least eight or nine if you're Clint Capella. And you got to have at least 11 to 13 rebounds, only eight rebounds tonight. So Clint Capella was a shell of himself tonight. And outside of Reddish, Gallo, I'm going to throw out and maybe throw a little bone to bogey, kind of. The whole team was a shell of themselves tonight. And on the flip side, Milwaukee was hot, hot tonight. They, And I'm going to talk about, before I talk about, obviously, Milwaukee, I'm going to refer to last episode where I talked about the keys going forward in this series, things that the Hawks must do, must take care of in order to make an impact in the series and win. Continue to win the hustle game that Nate McMillan always talks about. They lost tonight. Rebounds. Fast break points. I mean, going for loose balls, energy, effort, you know, extra possessions. They lost. Point blank period. I'm going to move on. Team rebounding. As I mentioned before, lost. Turnovers. Lost. Three-point shooting. Lost. Consistent production from John Collins this series. He had nine shots tonight. I like for him to have 12 to 13 and, you know, 11 points tonight. Lost. Giannis is going to be Giannis. We know that. We know he's going to be virtually unstoppable. 25 points, nine rebounds, six assists tonight. He was getting any and everything in the paint. He was. He played a great game. Holiday, after having a 33-point game in game one, followed up with a 22-point performance tonight. Both of those scoring outputs from Drew Holiday were Above his postseason average for this postseason. So 22 points, added 7 assists, knocked down three three-pointers. 
Middleton had one more point than he did in game one. He scored 16 at night, but was much more efficient from the field and was facilitating. He had 16 points, added eight assists, seven rebounds, knocked down some three-pointers. So he was more effective and more efficient tonight. And yeah, I said before in the last episode, you can allow Giannis to be Giannis, and you got to pick your poison between Holiday and Middleton. You can't have both of them go off. They both contributed tonight. But the crazy thing about tonight is that, like I said, they didn't have crazy numbers. They were effective and efficient, but they had help tonight. They had help. I talked about Brooke Lopez, who is going to be the X factor for the Bucks, as he pretty much had his way in the regular season with the Atlanta Hawks with his ability to rebound and stretch the floor as a five. And he had an awful game one. One of four from the three-point line. Had his had the worst plus minus on the team in game one. Seven points, two rebounds. He wasn't crazy on the glass tonight. Only had one rebound tonight. But he rebounded from seven points to 16 points tonight, including three three-pointers. They got contributions from other people tonight. Bobby Portis, eight points, three rebounds off the bench. He was an enforcer and an irritant tonight. Brent Forbes, who I said I was going to keep an eye out for because of his ability to knock down the long ball and make jump shots, had eight points off the bench with a couple three-pointers. Pat Connaughton, who had the air ball late in the game, game one, rebounded with nine points and was 100% from the floor tonight. And as we're talking about all the good things about the Bucks, you know, all the contributions they had, especially from Lopez tonight. On the flip side, the Hawks bench, they contributed too. But it was a little too late. They got more garbage time points. And we need we need those Hawks bench points, you know, towards the end of the first quarter, to start the second quarter, in the third quarter, to start the fourth quarter. That's when your bench is supposed to make an impact. Throughout the spurts in the game where we have to spell our starters. And even though we contributed a good amount of points off the bench tonight, it was in a losing effort, a very bad losing effort. So I'm just going to scrap that tonight. And everything I said that we needed to do in order to try to win this series and win the game tonight, the Hawks just didn't do. Did not execute. Did not play with energy. Did not play with effort. Did not fight. And they let Milwaukee's adjustments basically cripple them. And here, but. It's been a pretty negative episode, but I told you I was going to be positive. Here's the bright side. And yes, there's a bright side to this, even though they got drummed tonight. And I'm not talking about the song by the Killers. Great song, by the way. But here's the bright side. The Hawks stole one in Milwaukee. And now they're coming back today, Sunday night. We were bound to have a bad night at some point this postseason. The Hawks really didn't have, even their losses this postseason were not Terrible losses like this one tonight. And as I said before, I'd rather have a loss like this in game two rather than later in the series. We have plenty of time to turn around. Plenty of time. But we must take care of the things that I mentioned before. Play with more urgency. Returning to home. Returning to the State Farm Arena. You're going to have that energy. You're going to have that effort. That excitement of playing an Eastern Conference Finals game here in Atlanta. Last time that happened was 2016. And again, they didn't win a game in that playoff series against the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. We've won a game already. The pressure's off. 
We don't need, we're not down 0-2. It's tied 1-1. That's a bright side. That's something to look forward to. So I did not overreact after game one. Yes, phenomenal performance from Trey Young. Great performance from John Collins. But the rest of the team, outside of Herter with his 13 points, really didn't contribute a lot in game one. So I did not overreact with the game one win. And I'm not going to overreact to the game two loss tonight. Relax. The other team gets paid to try to win too. And they just tried harder and succeeded tonight. They were hot all night long. They were the aggressors. And now the Hawks have an opportunity to do the same returning here to Atlanta. This game, and I'm talking about game two. This Tonight, this could be the game where the Hawks do a little bit of soul searching, look at the film, learn from the mistakes, try some new things, get some new players in to create a spark at home. Kent Reddish is back. Chris Dunn played some minutes tonight. And on the bright side, again, there's still a minimum of three games left. A minimum of three games left. This could still be a seven-game series, and I think it will be a seven-game series personally. And we have another opportunity. It's not game seven. It's not the, the final nail in the coffin, and now we're heading home, Cancun on three, one, two, three, Cancun. This is not it. And I think tonight's game will be the turning point. Not for Milwaukee, but I think this will be the turning point for an Atlanta. We need to get knocked down on the canvas, you know, boxing reference with the Devontae Davis fight happening here in Atlanta tomorrow night in the State Farm Arena. I'm excited for that fight, but the Hawks have an opportunity to fight on Sunday night, game three at home. And I think this is the wake-up wake call that they needed. With all the praise, riding, you know, sky high after making it to the Eastern Conference Finals when no one, no one, including myself, picked this team to get this far. This is a humbling experience tonight. They need to, you know, sit back, reflect, remember who they are. Remember who they are as a team. Remember when everyone continued to doubt them. You didn't get any... National televised games hardly this year. Didn't get anybody in All-NBA team. No All-Stars. All the adversity you battled through this year. The disrespect that you've constantly gotten. The turmoil at moments in the season in the locker room. And the fact that they are still underdogs. And there are still people counting them out. And there's some people that's going to write them off after tonight. I think this was the refuel and the refocus that this team needed to get recalibrated, come home, right their wrongs. And I'm excited to see how they're going to respond. And I think they're going to respond positively. To have such a negative game like they had tonight, the players know Trey Young took onus. I know Naaman Mellon's going to take onus. This team knows they failed tonight miserably. But it's game two. It's not game five, six, or seven. It's game two. Still got a minimum of three games left. And you're coming back to the crib. Tied 1-1. Game three. Sunday night on TNT. 8.30 Eastern time. I expect a much, much better showing in a different Hawks team. A pissed off Hawks team. An aggressive Hawks team. And a team looking to fight. And that's all we want to see. And man, cannot wait. And if you love what you... Heard today, give us five stars, give us a good review, share it, tell everybody, Hawks fans, Atlanta sports fans, NBA fans, basketball fans, you know, anybody, share this podcast 
the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. Let them know. Tell them about me. Tell them about this great program. You're following the Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals. Why not follow me? Follow us at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. That is at HoopBallHawks. Follow myself on Twitter, Brad Jarrett. 67 that is Brad J A R R E T T 67 started off negative ended positive this ain't the end <laughs> it's 1-1 but coming back to Atlanta we got knocked in the mouth tonight we got knocked out but like Trey Young tweets every day another day another opportunity and I can't wait for the Hawks to seize this opportunity on Sunday night we'll see you then Go Hawks. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.